You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, Monday night as we roll on in here to Tuesday, uh, you know, about maybe 60 hours or so away from uh, preseason number four against the Detroit Lions. Um, I guess we'll start here, um, but we're going to get into everything. Obviously, Pete Smith, along for the ride, your local experts on the biggest stories as we get through everything on your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, Pete, Steve, a uh, couple, obviously, guys, we have some things to get here. Uh, Steve Dorchek, he was one of the ones kind of out in front of, you know, the Odell talk. Um, and we'll go here, Pete. I mean, it's not that it's something we're not questioning. Um, and even as Cybert was struggling, he kind of figured you figured they were going to go with the draft choice. I was holding out for Greg Joseph. And then we, you know, we started messaging back and forth Friday at night after, you know, as you were making your way back home from your game. And I told you Cybert essentially had won the job by going four for four and nailing one from 54. But Steve Dorchek's trying to report that Austin Cybert is your week one kicker, but he will not be kicking week four against the Lions in Cleveland. I don't disagree with what Steve's trying to tell us, but the last thing you want to do is not have this kid kicking in live competition. Well, first and foremost, Freddie Kitchens said, you know, that that that, that game didn't decide anything and that they, you know, they just decided to give the rookie the game and they were going to go from there. So, um, you know, maybe they've decided after practice today that they like him and they're going to go with him. But it, it's very bizarre to say, we are the kicker, but we're going to go ahead and give the other guy who we're not going to give the kicking job to the, the game, uh, you know, and any live reps for Austin Seibert would seemingly be invaluable. Uh, but uh, I, I guess it's possible. I, I, it seems more likely that if, 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 uh, Greg Joseph is kicking. It's because they aren't sure uh, what what that is, and maybe the, uh, maybe he's heard something. Maybe he's just trying to uh, play the odds here. I you know I, I expect it's going to be Austin Cyber, but if if it is, I, I would certainly want him to kick as much as possible uh, to get him going, uh, to get him comfortable. Uh, it, you know, especially if it's in front of a home crowd. Uh, by virtue of the fact that they, you know, he's going to have to do that. And, and you know, uh, you don't want him getting into a situation where it's like the orange and brown scrimmage where if he can't, you know, misses a kick at home, he's going to get booed off the field uh, and can't deal with it. So, you know, I, I don't have any reason to believe that the, he's like mentally fragile or any way, especially if he's managed to get this far. Uh, you know, it would seem the opposite, but it, 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 that would be a really odd way to sort of handle this thing to say, hey, you're the kicker. By the way, this other guy's going to do the kicking. Yeah, I mean, is the thinking maybe, you know, Austin Seibert, and this is where I, I, I kind of agree with you, maybe he's reading the tea leaves, is it, you know, Austin Seibert ended up getting the Tampa game. So now they'll give Greg Joseph – you know, the, you know, the home game against the Lions in a game that, you know, essentially, you know, it, he's trying to make it that it's not going to matter what Craig Joseph does. Um, but I don't like the fact that Austin Seibert to this point has had really no good experience in the first energy. And now he could be trotted out there and, hey, it'll be great if, you know, week one, September 8th, Baker takes the team down the field, you know, 10 plays, 79 yards, start the season off with a touchdown, and it's only 6 nothing because Austin Seibert shanked an extra point. It, 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 
it makes no sense that he's just now going to go sit for two weeks. It's not like he's 42 years old. So, I mean, I'm not trying to give Steve a hard time here, and obviously he's passing information along, but it's hard to take this all in almost within the context of one tweet. Uh, Yeah, and, and, you know, to be fair, uh, the Browns have more than, you know, have multiple moving parts in that front office. You know, um, Freddie Kitchens – has input, but it's, he doesn't control the roster and you don't go from running back coach to offensive coordinator to head coach to now running your entire show in in nine games. That's never going to happen. Well, there's that part of it, but it's, you know, um, this could be a situation where, um, John Dorsey has essentially made the decision for him and he's just not, uh, not aware of it yet, or maybe it got out ahead of time though. You know, if that if that's true, uh, you know, based on what he said before, uh, somebody's ass is getting fired. Um, so that's sort of something to k- keep an eye on if that's the case. Uh, I guess we'll get now here to, uh, you know, the other bit in the news today. Um, Jalen Strong, um, it, you know, obviously it looks like from his own volition, his time here in Cleveland is over. Um I don't know how he's going to, you know, obviously there's, there'll be opportunities for him. Not much he can go earn with somebody. Obviously if somebody has got a need for a wide receiver and a veteran wide receiver, you go get him now and you get him ready for week one. It was a move we never really thought would pan out, Pete. Um, for the most part, he played better than you know we had anticipated. We had gotten to the point where with Callaway's suspension, that maybe bought him a run. But you do, there is the other way of looking at it, you know, if, you know, will there be a wide receiver six? I have no idea, but if it's Odell, if it's Jarvis, if it's Rashard Higgins, if it's Derek Willies, if it's Damian Ratley, and then you still consider Callaway part of this group, maybe you only go with five for the first four games. Five of those six guys, Pete, and one, one thing we heard a bunch about, John Dorsey guys, not that Jalen Strong wouldn't have essentially fit into that mold, but you know, five of the six would be essentially John Dorsey guys, guys he brought here. But, it, you know, it seemed, you know, Jalen had done enough, and I mean, when you put him in there last week, and obviously, you know, there were some hiccups, but he was never going to be the featured wide receiver here, so it was kind of hard to judge him on that. Um, Seems weird, and, you know, I I thought you brought up a good point about this, that you put it out on Twitter, but, you know, Jalen Strong, look, if anything Jalen Strong did in his brief time here in Cleveland is, is he got himself more time in this league. He kind of rewrote what was the narrative of him to this point. Well, um, Jalen Strong, the, the, the final game of the preseason sort of showed you all the things that scare you about Jalen Strong. Basically, he couldn't separate and couldn't make plays in traffic. Uh, which and, was, with ba- and with Baker not being perfect, the balls weren't perfect. Right. Um, and, and then you combine that with the fact that, that Jalen Strong is utterly worthless on special teams. And they tried. They tried to get him out in those things. But he just wasn't good at it. It wasn't taking. So uh, I don't. I, I, I tend to doubt that they, they looked at the third uh, preseason game and said, oh, well, now he can't do it. I, I think this was a situation where, you know, th- there was always going to be a concern about Jalen Strong. The special teams, I think some of this, as well as the decision to release Javante Dean earlier today, um, probably has some uh, – has a little bit to do with agents basically saying, look, if you're not going to keep him, go ahead and get rid of him. Uh, see if we can catch on elsewhere. Uh, it seems like a, a lot of teams are, are starting to do this. Um, they're without a definitive deadline to reduce rosters down to 75 and, and those things like they used to. It seems like some of these teams are just slowly 
uh, matriculating a few guys down or if, if they've made definitive statements on, on, on guys they aren't going to keep, they're going to go ahead and move on from them. Uh, it's, it's surprising in the sense that Jalen Strong had got reps with the ones. He got reps with the twos a lot. Uh, you know, he went out there on that, that first two-minute drill of the preseason and was in there and was part of the offense and those things and looked okay. Uh, you know, for the, those first two preseason games, he looked reliable enough to do the job. Uh, but it certainly seems like they have uh, – they are doing everything possible to bend over backwards – to make sure that uh, D- Damian Ratley has has the opportunity to make this roster. And the dynamic between Freddie Kitchens and John Dorsey is interesting because if you go with that logic, um, that, that they're giving Damian Ratley every opportunity to, to make this team, uh, Freddie Kitchens has said on any number of occasions, he wants to know what he's going to get from said players uh, that are going to be on this team. And there appear to be at least a few situations where that could be Absolutely not the case of what he's going to get uh, in the fact that, you know, they, they like Damian Ratley, but he hasn't been able to practice and didn't, didn't play on the third preseason game. So if he plays this week, it'll be the only preseason game he played. And if he's practicing, it's the only week of practice he had. Uh, and, and you can see the same dynamic play out with Chad Thomas, who has done nothing, uh, had, had, you know, obviously a lot of practices. Uh, but in terms of game reps, um, he has one preseason game thus far did very, you know, only had a few, you know, like I think 18 or something snaps in it was relatively decent in there. But again, if you're saying that there is no one on this roster that, that you have less of, a, of an idea what you're going to get from than Chad Thomas on this. So it does seem like there's a little bit of a, uh, Freddie kitchen saying one thing and, and John Dorsey doing another to this, which is, you know, part of how this goes. I mean, it, again, it's John Dorsey's roster to control. So he has the ability to do this, but it does seem like he's uh, making, putting Freddie Kitchens in awkward positions in terms of what he's saying at practice every day and then what may or may not actually happen. Yeah. I mean, you feel bad for Freddie cause he's in a tough spot where he's speaking, whether it's at noon, one o'clock, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And then you, you see things like this go down later. Um, look, it's a number one. It's going to happen with a rookie head coach, especially with a you know veteran front office guy like John Dorsey. But you, you hope for some better you know communication, so you don't have these type of things happen. Pete's going to tell you about the fine folks over at Blue Chew, and we got more to get through as we roll on through Locked on Browns. Right. So uh, you know, if, if we're talking about sex and we're, we're talking about Jeff's sex life, um, you desperately need to get in touch with the folks at Blue Chew. <laughs> Jeff's prime is about 30 years prior. So, you know, this Bluetooth take you back, take you back to, to uh, when it was consistent, when it was, you know, always there uh, to make sure that you're always at your peak, uh, you're, that you don't end up like major league baseball players who are getting in trouble for buying cheap alternatives at gas stations that are making a pop for PED tests. Uh, make sure you go with the, the proof positive uh, of, of Blue Chew, the blue, like the color blue, the, the first uh, chewable uh, with the FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and CL, so you know they work. Uh, you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Uh, blue Chew's looking out for you, making it easy to get a prescription, making it discreet, to uh, 
uh, get it to you. Uh, and uh, they they are just trying to do everything to make sure that that you and and, and Jeffs all around the world can uh, perform as if uh, they are back in their early twenties, which is you know the late eighties for Jeff. So. Uh, <laughs> Do, do right by your partner. Do right by the spouse. Uh, take care. Take care of business there, so she, they can take care of you. You always have to have friends like Pete Smith in life, guys. Um, promo code locked on, uh, all caps, space in between. Locked on. Uh, we appreciate hey, what, them. Where, where, where are you? Where are you on those uniforms? The uniforms. The all white and all black things they pulled out with the nicknames. Okay, well, we're going to finish this here. Thanks to the folks at Blue Chew. Uh, and remember, guys, promo code locked on. Heinous, Pete. Absolutely heinous. And I'll tell you, now, since Pete brought it up, and it's actually a good thing. We got here, yeah, I, I told you guys, I'm away here. Uh, me and the folks were away, in, uh, me and the family were away in North Carolina. Bunch of other couples, nice big house. Uh, you know, a couple other Med fans. All right. We turned on a ball game, you know, and obviously, you know, everybody's having a couple cocktails getting settled. We watch about a half an inning, and you know, I look at my buddy next to me. I'm like, um, "We're not watching the Met game." He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah." Remember, they're wearing these uniforms. I said, "Bro, everybody's wearing these uniforms this weekend." This, so we literally almost went through a half an inning. First off, you know, did you ever think that people might be colorblind? Second off, who came up with the idea where this the pitcher would have to wear a different, the home pitcher is going to have to wear a different colored hat than the rest of his team? It was so basically terrible. I mean, who in the world signed off on that, Pete? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it was called Players Weekend. Uh, I don't know if the players thought this, you know, was great or if it's purely talking about the nicknames on the back. Um, Maybe I, if you were the road team. Maybe if you were the road team. Yeah, all black's cool. Sure. I mean, but the home team, what the hell? You couldn't see the numbers. You couldn't see the names. I, my my thought, my initial thought on these, and this shows how washed and, and old I am, is that has to be every every mother's nightmare of laundry uh, of taking those all white uniforms because they are just they are a one use only uniform. Is those things are immediately wrecked uh, the second they get dirt on them and stuff. I, I you know they were. I didn't, they didn't strike me like necessarily as awful. I, I, I sort of was like, whatever, they're fine. But like, you know, it was difficult to read them. It was just sort of weird. I, I, I didn't think they were necessarily awful looking, though there are certain classic uniforms that you just don't want to mess with. Like uh, the Yankees were playing the Dodgers and like the two. For real. Two the, and, and, see, and first off, seeing letters on the back of a Yankee jersey is just, I mean, that's just a whole other thing to deal with altogether. Well, I mean, like, these are the two most iconic uniforms in baseball uh, and playing each other. And, you know, there's no Yankee pinstripes. There's no the Dodger Dodger gray and blue. Uh, so from that standpoint, it felt somewhat sacrilegious. You know, so much of baseball. I, I guess I'm somewhat used to this crap that, that, that there there's just so many events they try to, you know, have, whether it's contrived or real. Uh, and it always feels like they're doing something. I, I don't know if any of this moves the needle for anyone. It doesn't like – I didn't watch because they had the uniforms. Let's put it that way. So it just felt sort of there. It just didn't feel very important. 
Yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, fuck to, uh, and I'm trying to get better about this, but uh, guys, it was, it was a shit show. And it comes back to a couple years ago. I remember it was, you know, Thursday night, it was a color rush and Matt Miller from Bleacher Report. Uh, this is fantastic. I have to turn off an NFL game because I'm colorblind and all I'm seeing is essentially gray versus gray. And that's kind of what that felt like. Look, you know, what, let them wear the, wear the regular uniforms. Put the names on that. Let them wear all the socks and cleats they want. But, you know, can we just see the uniform so we can identify what the hell's going on? Um, that was a nice audible there by Pete. So, you know, we always appreciate those. <coughs> um, a lot of people asking. Um, I've heard from some people, yes, there's interest in obviously upgrading the offensive line. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'm sure you could get somebody in if you thought they were a better right guard and have them ready for September 8th. That's certainly a possibility. Certainly avenues you're going to look into. That's kind of where that is. I mean, yeah, I mean, would we all be more comfortable with, you know, a better offensive line? Yeah, I, you know, I don't think this offensive line is any better than when camp started. Pete, I'm assuming you'd agree with that. Uh, well, Drew Forbes has turned out to be maybe a nice surprise, but it's not a, it's not a week one surprise. No, uh, I am looking at the bye week potentially for Drew Forbes. Um I think the Browns really want Drew Forbes to take that job, but in order for that to happen, you have to be consistent and reliable in pass protection. And because you have to take care of the, you have to take care of Baker Mayfield. Um, and, and that's where Eric Cush sort of has an advantage, uh, at least for the moment. Now, obviously he did not do a great job against Indominus and Sue, uh, but that, you know, that, that is, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Drew Forbes offers more as a run blocker. He can actually move guys off the line of scrimmage where he pushes a finesse guy. But if, if Drew Forbes can, who by, you know, by most every report is improving by leaps and bounds is unrecognizable from the guy who got here, which is not a terrible surprise. Uh, you know, he played at Southeast Missouri state and all that, but uh, he's one of, you know, that, that, that's a guy I think they'd really love to see be able to ultimately take that job and, and if he can get consistent and they see sort of a misstep or, you know, just Drew Forbes is better, then, yeah, the bye week is where I sort of picture that. But I, I'm not – look, between watching the Steelers last night and watching the Browns last week, I, I'm certainly interested – or concerned, I guess. I'm not overly worried because I think Baker Mayfield is so good at – helping to minimize some of the issues with the offensive line. Uh, but, you know, you watch Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt just absolutely obliterate the Titans, who, by the way, God bless the Titans, who have to turn around and, and play the Browns in, in two weeks, and they can't block anybody. Uh, Their coach admitted it. Their coach admitted it. He, he, he threw the – he went white flag on that and said we couldn't block for him. And that, you know, that was with Taylor Luan. That was with their $40 million guard. That was with, uh, you know, that was with their main guys in the game that they still couldn't protect, uh, ultimately gave up a safety and just, uh, they looked awful. Uh, and I don't think the Titans will be that bad uh, by the time week roll, one rolls around, but certainly if the you know, national televised dress rehearsal, they looked like absolute garbage. Uh, so, what I would say and how I'm looking, this is specifically at is the Steelers. The Browns don't see the Steelers until week 11. Uh, and then they turn around and play them in week uh, 13. I look at this as by the time, you know, obviously they're going to have to deal with the Rams uh, before that. But by the time the Browns get to sort of, this, you know, the second half of the year, 
I think they should find themselves in a similar zone they did last year. And, 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 and I think in some respects, you know, there's a little bit too much worrying, I suppose. I, I think the offensive line, even with Cush, has earned a little bit of credibility in that respect just by virtue of how well they played uh, last year. But it, it certainly makes me happy that Freddie Kitchens isn't happy with it, that he's driving them to be better, that, you know, Campen wants these guys to be better, that he's not happy. Like, they're going to keep pushing these guys. But I'm not sitting here panicked that the Browns offensive line is going to be a problem. I mean, in large part, we knew this was going to be an issue in some respects. You're hoping that they're average. And if they can do that, the Browns will be in good shape. It's just a question of if they're not awful anywhere. And right now they are not. And, you know, that could change. But Eric Cush is a credible enough lineman. He's not exciting. He's not sexy. He's not any of those things. But he's enough to protect Baker Mayfield in the passing game. Well, he's not Kevin Zeitler. We knew this. Um, obviously, last year the strength of this was the interior front three. So they were a solid, solid group. So that you know, that's what we have to look forward to. You know, but you know, Greg. Hopefully, you know, hopefully, Tennessee, the Tampa Bay game was just you know a one night affair, and it was just a bad night. Um, and maybe Drew Forbes steps it up. But yeah, you got to feel real good about Week One when you listen to uh, the coaching staff, Mike Vrabel, speak about speak on that. And you know, Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett may take home Defensive Player of the Year in Week One alone, for God's sakes. Best ways to help. Best ways to help me, best ways to help you. Uh, iTunes rating reviews, subscribe to the show, drop a five-star rating, drop a written review. Uh, Browns Maven on Twitter, uh, brownsmaven.com. Sign up over there, become a member, uh, You know, get involved in the forums. You're able to have a lot of discussion back and forth with just Brown fans, obviously about Browns topics. You know, Bigger NFL topics will come over there. But uh, Pete and uh, the soon-to-be-assembled team over at Maven, there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming over there. So make sure you guys are subscribed and you know, along for the ride with Pete over there. Sounds like you had something to jump in there with, pal. No, I was just going to say, at this point, Miles Garrett should be thinking about Derek Thomas against uh, Seattle. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I mean, yeah. the only reason it would be is if he, you know, mid-third quarter, they say, all right, fellas, we're going to pull the plug on this puppy. Because, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Take out Marietta and put Ryan Tannehill in? Out of him, too. No, and the, my, my, my concern at this point, honestly, is that, the reason Garrett can't get, you know, and, and obviously that's, you know, and, and it would be an insane achievement is largely because the other guys are, the other guys are beating the hell out of him first. I mean, Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi, Olivier Vernon, you know, those guys could be feasting on him as well. I mean, their biggest issues are in the interior right now, but both their tackles are, I think, I don't know if, uh, if uh, what's his face, the right tackle is going to be. Conklin. Yeah. I don't know if Jack Conklin's going to be ready to go. Obviously, uh, uh, They're praying for it. <laughs> Taylor Luan Cognito is, is suspended, but uh, yeah, I mean it is in bad, bad deal right now. And and you could, I could see uh, this getting ugly in a hurry. And 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 my expectation is to see both quarterbacks in that game, one way or the other. I mean, look, I mean, because look, if you're Tennessee, it's it's a question. And do any of you bring us anything for the future? Because I mean, you know, Tennessee is another one of those teams that could easily be in the realm of drafting uh, a quarterback come April. Uh, and, and, well, and, and part of what could hold Garrett back is, all right, well, everybody makes sure it's at least, at least not Garrett who kills him. And then, you know, because what did you see the other day? You know, they tried double-teaming Larry Ogunjobi, and that just wasn't working. I mean, you know, you can't double-team any of these guys because if you're leaving one-on-ones for the rest, forget it. It's over. Pancaked. Guys are dead. Done, done, done. Pete, what's, what's like – 
it, what do we actually anything we're really looking for Thursday night at this point? Because I mean, even some of these, I mean, look, I mean, maybe they've already put this out and killed the kicker question. Uh, Jalen Strong moving on. Maybe it's only a five-man wide receiving core, so maybe you can keep Gilbert around for the time being, you know, or. You know, I, I think DeVal's going to be safe. We had talked about this where he can, you know, show some fullback stuff. Maybe you keep a fourth tight end. I mean, if you're only going to go five, I mean, because I can't come up with a possible guy. And I, maybe, I don't even want to suggest it because Braxton Miller, maybe for special teams, but I don't really know what he does there. But this is opening a roster spot because, I mean, anyone who talked to Jalen String was a, Jalen Strong was a lock. Yeah, uh, well, look, I mean, that becomes interesting is – um, who is going to be that receiver? I mean, is, is it is it as simple as Damian Ratley is going to get that job? Uh, you know, the defensive line rotation, I mean, based on what, you know, if, if you're Jalen, you know, I, I am a believer that Anthony Zettel is safer than most. At least I certainly think he should be. But if you're basing it on, you know, who he plays with, uh, Jalen Strong would certainly uh, be an argument against that of Zettel because Zettel's played a lot of ones and twos. Um, you know, the linebacker situation, are, are, you know, are the Browns going to bring anybody else in before this preseason game? Obviously, they, they, they right now have two open roster spots by virtue of the 90-man roster. But they may be just basically saying, screw it. Uh, we're going to be down to 53 in a second. We're not going to bother adding anybody. But uh, Josh Jones cleared waivers, for instance. You know, you, Yeah, you know, that was an odd one. Theoretically, they could bring him in as, as a, you know, a special teams guy first, and then maybe some other things. You know, his side speed combination is at least interesting. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, there are certainly position battles to to watch. Um, but but you know, if, if if I'm watching the fourth preseason game, in large parts to sort of just enjoy the fact that. These guys, a lot of these guys will are, are playing their last game in the NFL, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately or unfortunately. So I think there's a, a little bit to sort of watch and enjoy about those guys. You're going to get, you know, some of the hardest-ass play ever because guys are playing for a job, uh, and and they are going to give everything they have. You're going to see some you – know, you always see some craziness when it comes to that stuff. Um I'm excited to watch David Blau. He's been a guy I think is interesting. I think ultimately he's going to end up on the practice squad. You know, that uh, becomes interesting. But cornerback five, um, you know, is it as simple as Philip uh, Philip Gaines? Uh, The guy who I I don't think can play corner for shit is uh, Robert Jackson, but he has made a bunch of big hits on special. He really has the last couple of weeks. And uh, he's very big. I mean, he's like 6'2", 200 pounds. So there, there's another element to that, that part of it. You've got guys like JT Hassel. You've got guys like Tavier Thomas. You know, the Browns are clearly invested in special teams. Are they going to keep guys who are primarily special teams guys only? Uh, or are they going to try to get, you know, guys who do more things? Um, again, Jalen Strong is definitely a nod to the importance of this team's view of special teams. And that becomes a big part of this. So, uh, you know, obviously it's not as dramatic as in years past uh, because so much of the roster does feel settled, but the, you know, first and foremost, get out of this thing healthy. Uh, But yeah, you're going to see some guys who are are, going to go balls to the wall on this. 
and, and hopefully a guy like Chad Thomas plays. I got it'd be nice to you know we can crush Chad Thomas all the time and and deservedly so, and I will continue to do it. But I'd at least like to see him play. Uh, so at least at least go at least go down swinging exactly. Right. If, if, if you know if they're going to keep him. Give me a show me something that makes me think other than two pass rushes in you know, week one of preseason. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 the other part of this, if he's not going to make the roster, you know, go down for swinging. Uh, but th- that becomes an interesting situation. That defensive tackle group, uh, are they going to keep four? Are they going to keep five? You know, the Bron- the Patriots released Mike Pinnell, who you and I were both high on beforehand. If they want a true old school run plugger as a depth guy who's 330 pounds and just kills the run. Uh, Mike Pinnell, I guess, lost the battle to Danny Shelton in that respect. Uh, and that could be somewhere the Browns uh, bring in a guy uh, that, that may not play this week, but could ultimately have a role on this team. I mean, Carl Davis has done nothing. Uh, Daniel Aquale, I'd like to see more of him. So there's, you know, again, it's not dramatic. There's not a whole bunch to be determined, but there should be at least some, Interesting play by Richards that and 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 some of this because Freddie Kitchens is a pretty good play caller. Um, you know, even when the Browns have been like down to their last guys, you know, it doesn't look like a, a, a terrible offense. It just you know guys it's aren't. Not, it's not something you're going to turn off exactly. Right. It's at least interesting football. So you know those things are, are worth watching to me. Uh, you know, Blau, I agree with. Um, and the thing is, you know, I, I think he'd maybe have a shot at something or some sort of career. It just, you know, he's kind of like the uh, – he's the pitcher that, man, oh, if he had, you know, three, four miles an hour on his fastball. That's what you kind of get when you see, you know, you know the feelings I get from Blau. Uh, it, it, the wide receiver thing, you know, I'm assuming they're going to – you know, you're going to see Braxton Miller and you're going to see Damian Ratley a ton, I, I guess. Um, Jackson, which brought up a cornerback position – you know, has he done enough special teams wise to essentially usurp Tavier Thomas in what was his role here? Because I mean, you know, as much grief as we've kind of given Jackson in the fact that he can't cover, you know, can't cover a goddamn window or a bed, but yeah, he's he's been able to you know not you know crack some skulls on special teams, and you know, with a new special teams coach trying to obviously reverse what was terrible special teams play for a long time. You know, that's obviously something to this point that's cost some eyes. Uh, Pete, league-wise, Browns-wise, anything we didn't get to? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I know there's been some other releases and, and stuff like that, but I don't think anything's been, you know, terribly noteworthy thus far, and I haven't seen any, you know, news of bad injuries or anything. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, one, you know, we, we mentioned it, you know, Duke Johnson obviously going to get the, you know, lion's share of the Texans job as long as he can maintain his own health. Yeah, that third-round pick should be uh, slotted into gold. Uh, you know, it's, you know, tough for Lamar Miller, uh, you know, this state of his career, and I'm pretty sure he was raging after this year. So that one you never want to see. Uh, Pete, Browns, Maven, what's the latest? Uh, let's see. There's a thing on talking about Duke Johnson. There's a thing talking about uh, – we got the Sunday night football game uh, talking about the Titans and, and Steelers, given that the Browns play both of them combined three times. I wrote about Baker Mayfield being off against the Bucks. Uh, I'm sure there's some other stuff, but yeah, that's pretty much covers it. And for look, it'll be a nice one here. And look, guys, it doesn't matter. Duke Johnson is no longer a member of this team, but for so many of us, so many who, Oh, you can't ever give him a bigger role. He'll never be able to handle it. We're about to find out 
So, you know, it'll make for some good busting of chops. It doesn't matter. He ain't part of this anymore. And look, you know, whether or not it affects, you know, where the direction of this team goes. I mean, look, what's done is done, but uh, it'll be fun to monitor. Uh, Duke Johnson and, you know, as Pete had mentioned, what he said is, you know, Duke Johnson just basically wanted to be wanted and wanted to be given the opportunity. He's got it. Let's see what happens. Um, so with that, we'll put a bow on this one. Um, like I said, you can uh, follow at Browns Maven on Twitter. Make sure you're checking out brownsmaven.com at underscore Pete Smith underscore, you know, where you can get to him, guys. Uh, the show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Always follow back. Um, DMs are open. Anything you want to put into the show, any questions you have. It's starting to pick up more and more. I understand a lot of you guys are kind of Twitter shy or you're just here to get news. You can always send me a deal over my, uh, DM over my way. I'll do my best to answer it. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. You can catch me there. Um, yeah, again, DMs are open there as well. You know, they, we're rolling on here. Uh, it's baffling my mind that we are literally uh, you know, now 12 days, uh, well, almost less than 12 days away from opening with the Titans. Uh it's a good time. Nothing, nothing better than the NFL season. And the worst part is there is nothing that goes shorter than the NFL season. Until we talk the next time, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dogbound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.